Welcome to What's Important Now, making time for what matters most with Eva Medelec. If you're struggling to stay ahead of your daily life challenges, you will want to listen close as Eva and her guests will help you address the most important priorities first. Now, here's your host, Eva Medelec. Hello, everyone. I'm Eva Medelec, and welcome to today's show, Your Body Will Show You the Way. My guest today, Ellen Meredith, is the author of the new book, Your Body Will Show You the Way, and The Language Your Body Speaks. She has been in practice since 1984 as an energy healer, conscious channel, and medical intuitive, helping over 10,000 clients and students worldwide. As an energy medicine practitioner, Ellen helps clients engage with the body's energies to activate healing. She teaches energy medicine courses on the Shift Network. I love that network. And has served on the faculty of energy medicine pioneer Donna Eden since 2010. I am so excited to talk to you today, Ellen. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Eva. I'm really glad to be here. So let our listeners know a little bit about you, who you are. Who is Ellen the person? (laughs) That's such a great question. And it's one that I have tended to avoid professionally, you know, because being a channel, you know, it's all about being invisible. But um, let's see, I love to laugh. I totally love laughter and sitting around with friends and, um, you know, talking about stupid stuff and just laughing at it. I love words, every form of words and language. My mother tells me that when I was about six months old, I started talking. I actually was lying there, you know, sort of please pass the bottle kind of thing. (laughs) And I didn't walk till late. And I think that set a pattern of just loving words and language. And when I was in preschool, I actually, I was a bluebird and I had to sleep with the older kids, the red birds, because I would go down for nap time and just chat like, oh, here we are. Let's have a, have a conversation. So, so you're a talker. I'm a talker. <laughs> and maybe you didn't notice that. <laughs> it's funny. My, my kids went to school with a girl that they called Katie Talks a lot. Like that's what they they talked to her about. And when I was young, there was a doll called Chatty Kathy, who now, <laughs> and yeah. so we would call anybody who did, who talked a lot, Chatty Kathy. Right. And that's it's, lost it's, on today's kid generation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We had that too. And I didn't get called that for some reason. And I don't know why, but I think it's because I'm as interested in what other people have to say. And now that I'm older, I'm more interested in what other people have to say um, than myself. So it was not just talking, but listening. And in fact, um, when I was, uh, oh, I guess in my early, early teens, I started learning languages and I became fascinated with foreign languages. And so I think I've learned maybe 13 different languages over the years. Wow, that's impressive. It wouldn't be if they didn't fall out the back every time I learn a new one. <laughs> yeah, that that happens. I, I remember when I was learning German, all my high school Spanish came back to me and I'm like, oh, I don't need it now. <laughs> right. And Yeah. And they get mixed up together. But I, I started traveling. I actually dropped out of school when I was 16. I was a very um, a rabid educational reformer and I was really angry about how bad the education system was for people. And so I dropped out of high school and went off to Europe. I went to to France and lived in Paris with some um, distant cousins. 
And um, it started a lifelong love of travel. I've lived in Europe maybe about 15 years total, back and forth. I've lived in France and um, the Netherlands, a little bit in Norway, a little bit in Germany, and um, just basically traveled all over. And so my passions were language, education, and uh, when I was a kid, I got very interested in alternative education, how we could do better by kids. And that led me to um, start working in um, international child development. So I combined those and I know I'm not supposed to talk about my work, but part of my, my personhood is really feeling like we use such a small part of who we are our potential. I, I feel like I have potential that I can't get to. There's so much to do and work with in this life. And I feel other people have their potential squashed. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, that's been sort of a passion of helping, finding out what people are interested in, what they do, what their potential is, and supporting that. And, and maybe trying to reform our our society so that it's more supportive <laughs> of our human side and and you yeah, know yeah yeah like can, sometimes you got to take your head out of, of the book and and connect to the human that's in front of you so right. speaking of what you do and who you help what problems are you solving now for people who do you help now well i help people who want to know how to communicate with their own being i'm um, teaching energy medicine and um, teaching um, the notion that our body speaks the language of energy and that it really is a language. And when we look at ourselves as a science project, we really are disempowered. There's, you know, if I haven't, even if I studied chemistry a lot, I probably couldn't work with my body very well using the chemical side of things. But our body speaks both energy and chemistry. And the chemistry we're familiar with, with blood tests and all of that, but the energy we're less familiar with. I mean, if you know about acupuncture, you know there's some energy pathways in the body, and, or if you've studied yoga or something, but it actually is a language that we can speak. It's literally language. I'm not speaking metaphorically. Under the surface of our awareness, the body, mind, and spirit are constantly communicating. And so I teach people how to tap into those communications and participate and and work with their own health from the inside out. You know, I've, I've heard this saying, um, it goes something like, you know, your body is whispering to you what yeah. it needs. And if you don't listen, it'll start shouting and yelling and screaming until you're forced to pay attention. And by then it's often, you know, whatever's going on that is in a state of disease has progressed. So talk to me about the language of energy that the body speaks. You know, for someone who is not in tune, if you will, right, to to picking up on what our body is saying, give me some idea of what that looks like, sounds like, how we can tap into it, like what is it, you know, what are some things our body says to us that maybe we don't even realize? Well, our body speaks all the time using our sensations. So it's not a special psychic ability that you need in order to tune into this. Um, when you shut your eyes, if I say, picture your mom, 
most of us, if they knew their mom or their mom substitute, can shut their eyes and picture their mom. That's an image. That's, that's part of the language of energy. It also speaks through sound, both inner hearing and outer hearing, through feelings and sensations, both emotional feelings and physical sensations, and, and of course, touch, through um, taste and smell and all the senses that we know about. And then there's some other senses. For example, it's that radar you have when you're walking through a crowd and you don't bump into people because you're using, even if you're not paying a lot of attention, you've got that radar that sort of helps you gauge where you are. And these are the things that the senses, this is part of the vocabulary of the language of energy that gets activated by your consciousness to give you feedback all the time about what's happening with body, mind, and spirit. And so it is a matter of kind of tuning in and to sensations. And as you said, and I think you said it beautifully, if the body doesn't get heard, it shouts louder and louder. So by the time it's pain, that that's a pretty loud communication, but it's also fairly clear. You know, it's stop what you're doing, pay attention, tune in and ask the question, what is needed now? What do I need in this moment? What can I do for you? You know, it's a, it's a screaming kid. And you can't say, give me an analysis of what's wrong. You have to say to the kid, what can I do for you, honey? You know, And you're trying this and you're trying that. And it's like, a, actually, I, I love to compare it to communicating with, with our dogs and cats because they can't tell us in English, here's what I need. So we have to pay attention. Well, what do you think you need? Are they hungry? Do they need to go out? Do they need to have some love? Are they just bored? Um, did something spook them? And we get that practice with creatures and we forget to turn it back to ourselves that we have a creature self that communicates and, and needs attention. So um, our you know, Most people put themselves on the back burner I find, you know, I work with a lot of busy, I would say, emphasize the word busy professionals, no matter what the profession is, whether they're an entrepreneur, a, a business owner, a leader, an employee, a leader of teams in their company, you know, when their body is giving them the um, communicating to them that something needs to be looked after, we always put it off, right? Later, later, right. later. I don't have time now. I'm too busy right. with this, that, and the other. And I think most human beings by nature are a little bit out of integrity with themselves, um, more so than with other people in their lives and people that they love and care about and serve. Because right. some of the ways that we treat our bodies, we would never treat other people in our lives or people that we love. Some of some of the abuse we subject our bodies to personally, some of the things right. we put in. Right. If your dog right. is sick and you take it to the vet, what's the first question? What are you feeding them? Right. Right. <laughs> what right. did they eat? We never really analyze ourselves that much. So how did you get on this path of reading this energy, being interested in the body's energy language and becoming this energy medicine practitioner? Well, um, I had something weird happen to me in my late teens. Um, I I was already writing at that point, and I'd written a book, and I had or just finished a book, and I was sitting around looking for inspiration. And my grandmother, 
who is dead, showed up in my head with a message to me, for me. And um, I didn't have any context for that, but I wrote down the message I got from my dead grandma. And I would have just thought, oh, this is my imagination supplying grandma. But later that day, someone showed up at my door and said, I'm going to a psychic fair. Do you want to go with me? And I'd never been. So I said, sure. And I, I went to this psychic fair and the psychic looked at me and said, your maternal grandmother is standing right behind you and she has a message for you. And she repeated word for word the message I'd written down. Oh my God, how spooky. It was so spooky. I loved it. I just, I immediately said, wow. you know, are you um, reading my mind or is my grandma really there? And I give her credit because it was a $10 reading. And she said, it's my belief that your grandmother's really there and that you get lots of messages and you need to slow down and hear them. And that mm. cracked my world open. Like, oh my God, don't tell a writer to slow down and listen and <laughs> and hear more voices because well don't tell a busy person to slow down in general right. like what right and i was not a busy person i was in, in <laughs> i was in college or grad school or something and so and you did so, go back to school <laughs> oh gosh yes i've got a doctorate i'm sorry yeah. i, did I go know back you went school. from i was a dropout so no i have a phd <laughs> yes. i do have a doctorate i went i skipped 12th grade and then went on to to college so oh uh, well, nice thanks for you yeah, mm -hmm. that's cool in writing, of course. <laughs> of and course. Um, yeah, so my inner teachers came through at that point on a little ticker tape in my brain. I saw little letters and I thought, gee, I wonder what they say. So I, I went to the typewriter because that's how old I am. And I was typing letter by letter by letter. And it was a message from my counsels, my inner teachers. And they said, we're going to work with you. We'll train you. You can ask questions and we will teach you all about um, your awareness and consciousness and the, the inner worlds. And I was so excited and hooked and, and um, titillated by this. And so I worked with them. In, I work with them intensively every day. It's been over 50 years now. And they trained me. And my whole life was the workshop where I learned about hearing our inner truth, in, hearing... Um, how we create or construct ourselves from the inside out and hearing the wiser self and all of that. So that's that's kind of the realm that I've been working in is helping people to hear their truth. They don't need to hear mine, but helping people to activate their own hearing and ability to speak energy to energy. So who are you for in the work that you do? And, and who are you absolutely not for? I'm for anyone who's curious and interested and wants to open up to their greater potential. And I'm not so interested in people who want me to give them rules or formulas or recipes. Ah, okay. Yeah. The the prescription, if you will. Yeah. This is what you need to do. Da 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 right. da 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 da. Um, right. But the people have to be really willing to to go inside and learn on their own, is what or I'm just hearing you say be willing to play with it. You know, if people uh, yeah. aren't willing to play if they just want rules. This, mm -hmm. this style of energy medicine isn't the best for them. They should go study yoga or something in a, something more regulated that's got, got um, rules and practices that are very well defined. Yeah, I want to get into that more with you of what energy medicine and energy healing 
actually is. But we, we need to go to a short break now. And then we'll also talk about your book. Your body will show you the way. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back after this short break. What's stopping you from having more money, time, energy, and fun? Learn how to break through where you stop so that you can have greater success, better health, and happier relationships. Take this free quiz to identify what's stopping your success and learn exactly what you can do about it. www.evamedelec.com slash quiz. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Having higher levels of energy is something you choose and condition, not something you have. Exhaustion has been a challenge for over two years now. This is the year you can choose to change. Here are five things you can start doing today to reverse the burnout, stress, and overwhelm that is keeping you from living a life full of good health and happy relationships. www.evamedelec.com slash reverse burnout. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to What's Important Now, making time for what matters most with host Eva Medelec. Have a question for Eva or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5795. That's 866-472-5795. Now back to the show. Here again is Eva Medelec. Okay, we are back with Ellen Meredith, energy healer and author of the book, Your Body Will Show You the Way. So I wanted to to really ask you to define and make clear for all of us interested in listening, what is energy healing? Okay. Energy healing and energy medicine. Energy medicine, yes, and healing. Yeah, both. I, I mean, you know, I use them a little interchangeably. Energy medicine is anything you can do to influence your health and well-being using the energy communications of your body. And I don't know if you remember earlier, I said the body kind of speaks two languages. It speaks chemistry and it speaks energy. And the chemistry takes a long time. You, you have to take a pill, you have to take a supplement, and it's not very responsive. And when you take that pill, three hours later, it's still telling you your body to do something, the body may have already done it. So then you get the side effects, the extra effects that you don't want from the chemical interventions. With energy, because it is, we're made of energy and we're fueled by energy and everything communicates using energy, we really can just jump in and influence how you feel. And everybody knows this. You don't have to go study classes. Look at, again, your dog and cat, they wake up, the first thing they do is they stretch. 
and they're making space for their energy communications to flow in their body. They're opening up their spine so that the energy that communicates what to do by way of the nerves can actually move and flow. Most of us don't do even that much. I mean, most of us don't get up and activate our physical instrument and activate our energetic instrument to get started in the day. So energy medicine, um, the term um, was used by Donna Eden. She wrote a book called Energy Medicine. She's kind of a pioneer in the field. And it contains lots of exercises or activities you can do to balance or support your subtle energies. And subtle energies include, you know, what's flowing through the meridians that they talk about in Chinese medicine, through your chakras, in your aura. These are all words you probably heard about, even if you're not in alternative medicine. Those are all systems that have been identified for thousands of years by healing traditions. But most, most um, cultures around the world have an energy healing tradition. And in Western medicine, we don't have much of one. We use EKGs and a few things using energy, but mostly, it, you know, politically, it was it was stomped down by basically the, the doctor's lobby that wanted the chemical lobby that wanted to have the the monopoly. So uh, that's still going on today with the pharmaceutical companies. Isn't turns it? Out, yes, it's <laughs> still happening. And yet there's a rising interest in what about this other side that's been in all the cultures of the world, there's been some form of communicating with energy, energy work, energy healing. And in a lot of um, cases, you can heal very, very serious illnesses using energy medicine, because energy medicine is about actively cultivating wellness and well-being. It's not about attacking the disease. It's about cultivating ease. And when you flip that, it's, it's, a, it's a flip in paradigm. When you switch and say, what do I need in this moment to be well? Not to get rid of my owie, but to respond to the body shouting to me that there's something wrong. And when I stop asking what's wrong and say what's needed and how can I cultivate it, you get into a different rhythm and relationship with your own instrument and it gets very responsive. You know, what I hear when you're saying that is, you know, the difference in, in being, if you will, proactive and cultivating, you know, the pros, if you will, yeah. instead of the cons, but really, how can I cultivate more energy, more health, more wellness in my life? Whereas the flip side would be reactive, you know, not really doing anything to water that garden, if you will, and fertilize that garden until, you know, all the, the flowers are dying and everything needs it. And then like, oh, what can I do to save it kind of thing? Right. That's kind of the analogy I needed to make in my head to make sure I understood. Does that kind of um, resonate with what you were trying to say in a bit? That's definitely an important part of it, that proactive versus reactive. But I think it goes further than that. I think that it also involves being interactive. In oh, other words, I love that word. Yes. Yeah. Interactive and integrative medicine. Yeah. Yeah. And inter. Yeah. That inter thing is really important yeah. because in our culture, we think of health as inputs, 
right? If you eat well, if you sleep right, if you exercise right, if you have these inputs, you're going to be healthy. But that's a very outside in way of seeing ourselves. And I talk about this in the book about the outside in or objectification of ourselves. That's very much what do I put in there to make it work right? Rather than an inside out of what, how do I shift the dynamics here so it's working better? And for example, if I'm tired, you know, our culture says, well, take a stimulant, right? Drink some coffee or, you know, get some stimulation to bring the energy up so that you're, you're not tired or to cover the, the tiredness. But an inside out approach would be to say, well, what I've run out of fuel. What would fuel me right now? Do I need two minutes to read a beautiful poem? Do I need to stretch and make space? Do I need to look at a beautiful color that speaks to my heart or that shifts the mood or energy? Um, you know, what, what is it? Do I need to hear a song or sing a song? Do I need to create something in this moment? And, and or do I need to let off steam? There's so much in a moment that we're, when we get feedback of discomfort and we're not energized, it's because we're trying to do something that's not being funded. Yes. And, and yes. the part of us that funds the energy is something that I call your gatekeeper, right? It, exactly. it keeps the gates of self. It says, this is me. This is not me. This can come in. This has to stay out. Yeah. This can be funded. This isn't in alignment with me or my truth, right? And it's, it's kind of an immune system, but it's not just the physical immune system. It's also the emotional, energetic spiritual immune system it's your yeah yeah i mean you have all of those factors it's funny i just came back from a, a coaches summit and we talked a lot about energy you know the energy that we generate and you know my coach brendan Bouchard, always likes to say be the power plant right a power yeah. plant doesn't have energy it generates energy right and what do you need to do who do you need to be to generate that energy right. and i even came up with one of my my lead gens on my my website is energy generating habits for performance you know what 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 lights you up? What brings you energy? What do you right. need to refuel? And, and you right. talked about the stimulant. You know, most of us are looking for outside stimulation yes. for energy. And I love how you're bringing the intention to inside stimulation, whether it's reading a book, whether it's breathing deeply in and out. Yeah. You know? For me, yeah. chasing the dog around the coffee table yeah. or jumping up and down, you know, getting that oxygen in so that you're you are in control and responsible for your energy output. Right. And you're generating, not reacting to things. Right. And I want to add another twist to this conversation, which is our culture sort of thinks that energy is, is this one thing. It's, you know, these neutrons and electrons and, you know, I can't explain it, but, you know, that whole scientific, scientific part of it. Yeah, There's this thing called energy. But in my experience, energy, especially the energy we're made of and the energy that fuels us is actually consciousness itself. It's intelligent. It has awareness. It's, it's not a thing. It's not, it's not a monolith. So in one moment, I might need the energy of contemplation. In another moment, I might need the energy of connection. In another moment, I might need the energy of 
release. In another moment, I might need the energy of plants growing. You know, in other words, there's all these different flavors and aspects of energy, which is why I say it's a language with this vast, wonderful vocabulary. If you use the same four words over and over, like get energy, do better, you know, whatever these four (laughs) words are that we use, it's because we're buying into this notion that what runs us is a generic thing rather than these very personalized, very differentiated streams, these things that feed us. And what feeds me energetically is totally different from what feeds you or that person or that person. Absolutely, absolutely. And we don't get to judge. No, we don't get to judge. judge. That that was for me, actually. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, the title of your book, you know, your body will show you the way. It has this this subtitle, Energy Medicine for Personal and Global Change. So what does it have to do with the personal and global change? Give us a little bit of insight into your book's title and the intention of that title. Okay. Well, first of all, we're in a time of great and accelerating change, right? I mean, I don't think there's anyone out there going, oh, no, nothing's changing. You know, I mean, we all have noticed it. And it's hit many of us personally. It's It's fast. fast. It's hit us personally. It's hit us collectively. It's hitting the world. You know, you see it in the news. Change is here. And so what I'm giving in the book is how can we support our bodies and our our um, instruments, I call it our instrument, the body, to not just cope with change, but evolve to, to live differently in changing circumstances. And our body has been- Would it be fair to say adapt? Adaptability? No, I think it goes beyond, I mean, it is fair to say that, absolutely. Oh, okay. It goes okay. beyond adapting. If we're okay. adapting to change, we're always playing catch up. Like now I have to live with what the world throws at me. Now I have to world. I think a better word is resilience, building resilience, that mm-hmm. we need to be instruments that have much more flexibility and resilience just built in. Mm-hmm. And our nervous system has been wired to be very on off very binary very so let awesome. me let me interrupt you for a, a okay. second just to get some clarity actually when you use the word resilient you know i i see for me i i feel the energy of a, a bouncing back if you will of being able to to endure you know, oh okay i don't carry that with it yeah there, there's a there's a certain amount of endurance and resilience and growth out of change and challenges, if you will. Uh And um, when I think of adaptability, I think of not being resistant to change, Uh but really, um, I don't even know if reinvention is the right word, but really having what it takes to um, be with the change and grow with the change. I I see grow with change. So when you say resilience versus adaptability, I want to hear what your vantage point is, because we all come at it with different definitions. And so I found I found myself not really connecting to like, I love the word resilience. Uh for sure. And but I also love 
adaptability I as do a too. part of it. Okay. And yeah. I, it's interesting how words do that, that they mean one thing to one person yeah, and then yeah. another. And so even though we think we're communicating, sometimes we have to go behind, behind the meaning for each of us. And I, it's interesting because you said adapt. For me to adapt is to adjust. It's very similar to I've got to adjust to the situation. But adaptability is equivalent to resilience in my mind in that it is the ability to shift and change as needed, to be a little bit shape-shifting in how we construct ourselves so that rather than being building our lives as this um, building that has to be maintained. That's you static, know? yeah. Yeah, that's static. That's this big monolith that we have to do all this work to keep it going. We have to pay our mortgage. We have to keep our house. You know, we have to do this. We, ha we have all these things we do in order to get security from these things we've said give us security. If you can shift that and say, well, now I want to be a vehicle rather than a building. Now I want to be something that can I can hop in and go from place to place as I need to and can transport me where I need to be to where I need to be. Um, we're more flexible, right? So there's flexibility. There is adaptability. Absolutely. And for me, resilience, it's interesting. In some contexts, it is sort of, yes, yeah, survive terrible things. But it's also those plants that can be planted in any kind of soil and thrive because they have so much multiplicity to their their nature. They can. They, I heard a coach put it as you've got to be the weed. <laughs> yeah, you got to be the weed because those are the ones. Got to be the weed. I mean, it's very hard to kill weeds, isn't it? You it is you very pulled up hard. everything. Ah, I got it. Yeah. And so four months later, whoo, here it comes back. That's right. true resilience and adaptability. It is. <laughs> and it's wonderful. And so in my book, what I'm talking about with change, well, it's two things. It's how do you evolve your energies to, to thrive in a very changeable landscape? How do we anchor ourselves? How do we ground ourselves? How do we root ourselves and get nourishment? And how do we center ourselves in a moving landscape? And that's very different from the old models of, well, put the roots down, imagine you're a tree and now you're grounded. Things are shifting energetically, physically, socially. And how do we work with that joyously, creatively, and have it be a liberation for us, not just this, um, this burden of now I've got to adapt to change, which I didn't want, but it is. We I know it's like, ah, I got to change again. Ah, I know. know I was telling you on the break that I got a new phone and it's just like, for me, new phones and new cars is like, ah, I don't want to learn where these buttons are and what to push now. It's just like, I know, but any, anything new that comes up as a, as a software or whatever, or a new computer I, I i'm all in i'm all into learning it right but it's like get me to throw my slippers out girl we got a problem i know i know <laughs> they are yeah. so comfortable and i don't care if they're raggedy <laughs> right and so maybe it's easier to change our attitudes towards how our slippers should look than it is to change the slippers <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> exactly but you look at how our our convictions, if you will, uh, it, it may not be the right word, show up in every area of our lives yeah. Yeah. that have the potential to slow down our growth. Right, right. Or keep us from growing and adapting and changing. This has been really, really fascinating to hear. You said something earlier 
about your, um, I wrote it down here, your inner teachers, mm-hmm. your council of inner teachers, but also outside in versus inside out um, thinking or teaching. So when we come back from break, let's talk about that inner guidance system and how it's used to actually navigate change because that I find really fascinating because a lot of people don't listen to the inner guidance system of their GPS or their car, much less their bodies, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we'll be right back after this short break. Having higher levels of energy is something you choose and condition not something you have. Exhaustion has been a challenge for over two years now. This is the year you can choose to change. Here are five things you can start doing today to reverse the burnout, stress, and overwhelm that is keeping you from living a life full of good health and happy relationships. www.evamedelec.com slash reverse burnout. If you're an influencer, you don't follow the trends, you set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call. What's stopping you from having more money, time, energy, and fun? Learn how to break through where you stop so that you can have greater success, better health, and happier relationships. Take this free quiz to identify what's stopping your success and learn exactly what you can do about it. www.evamedelec.com slash quiz. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to What's Important Now, making time for what matters most with host Eva Medelec. Have a question for Eva or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5795. That's 866-472-5795. Now back to the show. Here again is Eva Medelec. Welcome back, everyone. We are in a fascinating conversation with Ellen Meredith about our energy, our inner guidance, our resilience, our adaptability, all the things. Now, Ellen, before we went to break, you know, and throughout our conversation together, you talked about um, your inner teachers and outside in and inside out thinking and this inner guidance system. Tell us what this inner guidance system is and why it's important. Okay. Well, I think that um, there's a couple things I want to say sort of as a preface. First of all, I believe we all have inner teachers. We all have councils. We all have a wiser self, and that wiser self belongs to these group consciousnesses that I call councils. So one thing I'm interested in is everyone getting in touch with their own councils. They don't need to hear what my councils have to say for them, except as a way, as a kind of echo to help open their own hearing. Okay, so that's one thing is that this isn't like, oh, she's so psychic. She hears teachers and I wish I could. The second thing is that 
we tend to, our culture is very right answer. We want the right answer. We ask yes, no questions, which are the lowest level of questions. You know, it's not give me insight into, we say, should I do this or should I do that? Yeah, and really, the open-ended questions actually move you forward and, and go yeah. deeper in understanding. Yeah. Closed-ended questions will shut a conversation down right. faster and, than that. Yeah. And mostly they're the wrong questions anyway, because if we, <laughs> if we know to ask the question, we're, you know, we want to be pushed beyond what we know to new perspectives and new understandings, which is what inner guidance can give us new perspectives, new um, understandings, inner wisdom. And so when we operate from the outside in and think about what's the, what's the destination? What do I want to get to? Who do I want to be when I grow up? You know, we ask young questions, who do you want to be when you grow up? And I think that's the wrong question. I think we need to ask them, what makes your heart sing? And when we switch that, even as grown-ups, and say moment by moment, what makes my heart sing? We're accessing the guidance that's coming from within that's kind of running this instrument. If you think of your body as the instrument, your mind as the, the musician playing the instrument, and your soul or your wiser self as the music that you're that's best played on this instrument. Our being alive is about getting those three on the same page, you know, getting the musician to know how to work with the instrument in a way that that can get the best out of the instrument, getting the instrument to match the music of the soul and helping those three come together. And I just think it's a very tricky tricky lifelong proposition because it's not fixed. It's a moving dynamic relationship. So that inner guidance is not just some voice giving us right answers like a GPS. It's not some right answer machine in our head. And it's mostly not just in our head. Throughout our body, there is feedback from all three of those, the, the wiser self, what I call the talking self or your mind, you know, the, the part that makes the dramas and the earth elemental or body self. And they're always giving us insights. And sometimes we don't get it because we're looking for the full answer and it's like a jigsaw. We get a little piece of the puzzle. We get a little piece of the puzzle. And so we don't, we say, I don't know what this means. Well, of course you don't. But if you're working a jigsaw puzzle, you don't look at one piece and say, I don't know what, what this means or where it goes. You say, I wonder if there's something that goes with this. I wonder if I can match colors or patterns here. I wonder if there's an edge or container I can create. And you build that jigsaw puzzle piece by piece from whatever piece you happen to pick up at the moment. And after time, maybe you sort those pieces and get more efficient. So when you're working with communicating with yourself, you are activating the language of energy and that you're listening to all the sensations, listening, to all the, you know, those little, little nudges from our consciousness. And they might come as an image in your head. They might come as a, a direct knowing. There's lots of ways we speak to ourselves. And when we start listening, there's lots of ways we start hearing. And I always encourage my students to keep what I call a book of shadows where they write things down. They ask open-ended questions and write down all the little hints they get, the shadows, because often you learn about something, you see something approaching from behind you because you see its shadow. And that consciousness is rising in the world in general right now. We're all going through this massive um, awakening. 
And it's creating. Oh, dare, you, dare you say a woke culture? <laughs> yes, woke. I don't know why that's an insult, to be honest. I don't know why it would be bad to wake up because we are being awakened. And we need to learn how do I do that with grace? How do I evolve my thinking and my body and my way of acting and being to accommodate this larger awareness? And so it's a reciprocal, it's an interactive process of maybe we take care of the body a little differently and not just inputs, maybe in that moment, maybe you need to play with your dog for X number of minutes every day or today in order to make that creative leap you're trying to make. Maybe in order to um, rest, I need to get a little exercise first to release. Maybe. And so we have to play with what's needed. How can I cultivate it? What is being said through these sensations? And then over time, we put together the meaning and it's very personal. Can I mention that in the break, you were talking about a sore shoulder? Yes, a frozen shoulder. Yeah, and yeah. I've had this so, bleh, sore shoulder probably about five years, maybe a little more than five years. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and uh, energy healer gave you some clues of, oh, that means this. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to back away. There's a lot of energy healers out there who have written really interesting books. They're very thought provoking about, you know, this illness means this, and this means that, and this means that. And if your body had read those books, it would be perfect. But most of us, our bodies have not read those books. And so your sore shoulder is talking to you in its own idiom in its own dialect, just like adapt and resilience were different for you and me, your shoulder is talking to you. Maybe it's a flag for when you're doing too much. Maybe it's a flag for five different things. You know, when you're in love, when you're not in love, when you're this, when you're that, you know, it may be, a, I have headaches that are a flag for just about anything under the sun that revolves. It could be me. a flag for a million dollars or something yeah, better than absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's be a flag. holding this bag of cash is making my shoulder hurt. Right. So we need to be able to dialogue with that shoulder and say, what are you showing me? What can you tell me about yourself? What is this frozenness? Am I frozen anywhere else? How do I work with frozenness in my life? And what's the opposite? How do I work with meltiness or re release of, of, of resources? It leads us It's hard to do, though, Ellen, honestly. Well, uh, that's why I wrote a book, to show you a lot of different activities. It's very pragmatic. It's not Okay, so there's activities in your book. Tell oh us my about gosh, that, because I'm, I'm sure me and some other people are like, am I going to sit here and just talk to my no, shoulder? No, and no, no. I teach you how to do to it. And there's okay, lots and okay. lots of different ways. And they're all fun. They're all like, I have whole sections called Play With It, where you just play oh. with something and see what comes up. And, and, you know, I go in all different directions with it. And it's very easy, very accessible, but it can also take you into very deep conversation or dialogue with your own being. So what do we need to do to get in a receptive state, if you will, um, before doing these, these um, play with it, have fun things, because, you know, pain for a lot of us is, is frustrating. And it really right. kind of changes how we show up when we're not feeling our best, we're not performing right. our best, right? Right. So what advice would you have to someone who may be struggling with a chronic pain or or something in their life that hasn't been resolved by the traditional 
methods and they okay. don't want to get hooked on opioids or anything to deal with it or right. even Tylenol is not good for your kidneys or, or right. liver or something like that. Right. So my point is, you know, there are a lot of people looking for alternative ways that are healthier for them right. over the long term. Right. And, and my book is chock full of those. But to start with, I suggest touch where you, you can put your hand on the owie, but it's not about getting rid of the owie, it's about receiving the information so your body can stop screaming. So you can put one hand on your heart or heart chakra in the center, one hand on your solar plexus or your, your gut, and then cross your ankles. And this, I call this coming home, it's a little exercise I call coming oh, home. Oh, cool, cool. And just I this like little it. exercise that you do brings you into hearing your own body and your own um, inner communications a little better. And you can breathe in on a count of three and out, breathe out on a count of five. And that actually deepens it a little because it calms your vagus nerve and some of the, the feedback. I mean, you know, I can get all technical, but basically it brings you home so you can hear, so you can, so you're ready to enter in the dialogue. That's, that's very helpful. Thank you. Thank sure. you. And, um, yeah, this has been great. So talk to me a little bit about, um, I know I read something, a part of your book, when you talked about connection, when we are navigating change, because we talked about our resilience or adaptability or whatever word we want to use to be able to shape shift, you know, with all of the changes that are happening and happening really fast it can really cause some anxiety and upset our nervous system. Right. So when you talk about connection and change, what do you mean by that? Okay, well, the exercise I just gave coming home is great for that. Because it's connecting happens, with ourselves. Yeah, for connecting with yourself. When you, okay. What happens is that when we move, and we move all the time, and when things change, and they change all the time, it's very easy to become disconnected disconnected from our inner feedback system, disconnected from our, our surroundings, ungrounded. Um, we need connection in order to live. You know, we, we don't see ourselves as having, having cords, but in, in fact, we're kind of like the thing you have to plug into the wall. It, we, we need the energy feeds. And when we're um, upset or disrupted or feeling unsafe, the gatekeeper I started to talk about earlier, talk about a little earlier, the gatekeeper cuts off, disconnects, basically, so poison won't spread, right? It, it starts to partition the mind or the body. So the first step in any healing, I think, is to just connect. It's something my teachers taught me as well. Pain often is the result of disconnection. And Sometimes it's disconnection because there's too much energy there. Sometimes it's disconnection because the energy's not getting to where it needs to be. So by using your hands and touch, that's, you know, that's a, like jumper cables. It's a great, great place and way to start to get connection. But also we can connect in with something that we know feeds us. I talked about look at a beautiful color that feeds you. Connect into, sip some water and connect into sipping water. Get very present because your body self, your earth elemental is in the present. And usually the mind is all over the place, you know, past, present, future. So in order to um, get that connection to happen, we have to come present. We have to forget the always. My teachers used to say, there's no past, there's no future, there's only this moment. 
Now, what in this moment would, would bring you home? And if you just say that, and I use that still, I say, there's no past, there's no future. You know, I get out of the, the fantasy of what do I need in the big picture? Go very present, very yeah. physical. Present is is so helpful because when you yeah. when you focus too much on the f- past, it creates more of a, a fear based environment and right. worry about the future. You're right. creating more anxiety for right. me. But true appreciation in life, right, comes from your 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 energy in the present, your time management in your present, being connected to the present, and you know it was one of the things that I used. Um, a lot when I was navigating the challenges I had in my marriage, you know, and I was worried, you know, is it going to happen again? And I was thinking, why did this happen in the first place? I was going back and forth and I was like, okay, let's just be present to today and what we're building and creating today. And so we got into that creative energy of being present. Right. And it really helped us uh, a lot through that. I'm sure I went more philosophical than my husband did, but (laughs) (laughs) whatever it was, it worked. So what matters most to you? You know, the title of of this radio show is um, What's Important Now? Making Time for What Matters Most. What matters most to you, Ellen? At the moment, connection, actually. Connection and, and, yeah, connection is the word that comes up for me a lot. That and consolation, those two things. So personally, feeling consoled because of lots of loss. But connection is that sense of as long as I'm connected to something. It can be stupid. It could be those old slippers. But when I'm (laughs) loving those slippers, life is good. And when I'm worried that I don't have the right slippers, life is not good. So for me, it's connecting in, even if it's pain, if I really enter the pain, it can be a beautiful, though uncomfortable journey. And when I come out the other side, I'm altered in a way I would never be if I fought the pain. So right, me, right, right. What, what you resist persists for sure. Yeah. So tell tell everybody how they can get in touch with you and get their hot little hands on your book. Okay. <laughs> well, you can go to my website, ellenmeredith.com. And that's M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H, ellenmeredith.com. And that's the springboard to all other things. I have a YouTube channel at Ellen Meredith. I have Facebook stuff. Um, My books are available through basically any bookstore, especially these two. I have an earlier book um, called Listening in Dialogues with the Wiser Self that you can get through um, Amazon. So, but, or through my website. So that's the best, that's the jumping off point. And it's fun. I've got some some things to play with on my website as well. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you for being my guest on the show today and for the amazing work that you do to really help us listen to the language that our body is speaking to us and sharing that knowledge with us. And for going back to school after you dropped out, we really, really appreciate that because you have bigger, better things to do in the world. Um, And thank you to uh, everyone who chose to listen in today. We really appreciate you showing up and hope you got some value in what we talked about on today's show. And hopefully you'll have great holidays and join us again next week where we'll be um, talking to some amazing guests today. And as usual, I want to leave you with a quote about time for this week. And this quote is from William Penn, Fruits of Solitude. Time is what we want most, but what we use worst. So until next time, everyone.
Bye for now. Thanks, Ellen. Thank you. Thanks for listening to What's Important Now, making time for what matters most with Eva Medelec. We hope we've been able to inspire you with today's show to take control of your own life and focus on the win. What's important now? Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.